Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Adney Godet and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Brother Nick, and I'm here with Sister Adney Godin. Sister Godin, how you doing on this blessed day? My goodness, I am blessed. And I'm not just saying I'm blessed. I am really, truly blessed. And why do I say that? Um, the assignments that the Lord has placed on me, they're just moving faster than I think they should but God is like I've given you the strength let's do this thing um, I'm excited for you know the ministries I'm excited for the work that the Lord is doing I was nominated by a sister uh, to blue as a bloom beautiful woman um, with the Jesus sprinkle and I'm like okay who in the world nominated me but I'm just so grateful and thankful that God allowed me to see that as long as I focus on him, his name will be glorified. And in the process, people will know because I serve him that he will take me to the next level. And I'm reminded of Jesus saying, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And when I think of that, it's just like, it's not about my name being lifted up. It is about the Lord's name being lifted up. And as I lift God's name, God's name up, he'll draw me and people, other people close to him. So I, I've just, I'm just blessed. I'm really, truly honored and blessed that God chose me for this work. How are you doing, Brother Nick? Um, Just one word, bless. <laughs> I'm blessed. Amen. I know you did said a whole soliloquy of, of, of how <laughs> God is uh, blessing you and in, in the ministries that you're in. And I'm happy that that God is doing the work in you and the work in us and the work of in, in his servants. Because it's always like a humble disposition um, that we all take, you know, to be servants uh, of God. Um, I, I once heard a teacher, a teacher said, and he was, he was reading it from the book of um, Psalms. When the book of Psalms says, um, serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, you can't be mad serving God. <laughs> you can't be frowning up your face serving God. You know, you can't have that attitude. You know, like when your boss tell you to do something, most folks have like attitudes. Um, they be having frowns on their face. But he said, when it comes with God, <clears throat> you can't, uh, you can't do that. You got to serve the Lord with gladness. So it's always a glad, uh, glad feeling when God uh, utilizes us, uh, his children uh, to do his will. But it's really, really not about us. It's really about um, bringing him the glory and also helping helping to build his kingdom up to draw many souls to him. Because in the end of the day, it's really about souls. That's what it's that's what it's really about. But I'm excited about this episode. We're going to just dive in uh, right into uh, the word for today. Uh, so, Adney, what's, what's the word for today? So the word for today will be coming from Proverbs chapter number eight. And I want to read verse number seven. And it says, for everything I say is unquestionably true. And I refuse to endure the lies of lawlessness. 
my words will never lead you astray. And all I can hear is God saying, trust every single word that I put in this book that you read. It will never lead you astray. Period. Wow, that was powerful. You know, when you um, when you just spoke that, <laughs> man, that thing felt like God just came down. He was speaking down to the whole world like, hey, like, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to lead you astray. Like, it's really I'm trying to save your soul. Listen up. I, I like that verse. And and we could learn a lot from God. And, and I said this in um, episode one. Um, we as humans, we think we got it all together. But God, man, I don't think people understand the magnitude of God's love at me. They don't. We're talking about agape, unconditional love, the love that never ends. We're not talking about someone that happens to see somebody on um, social media or, or they happen to meet somebody on the dating app and they be like, I love you. Oh, no, nah, we're not talking about that kind of love. We're talking about agape love. We're talking about unconditional love. We're not talking about brotherly love. We're not talking about relational love. We're talking about unconditional love. Like God really loves, loves humanity. He loves us. That's why he came and died. He gave his son as a ransom for many so that many could be saved by water in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's dive right Amen. into it. So we, we're going to um, delve right into Jacob again. Part of this part two, y'all. Y'all stay. Y'all hang tight. Hang tight. Hang tight. Y'all don't be highlighting Jacob's flaws now. There, there's an end to the story. Now, if y'all want to beat, beat us to the punch, y'all can go ahead and read it. But we just just trying to highlight what he was called, what he was called to do. Obviously, he had a very interesting life. Um, he is part of that spiritual blessing that's going to come down his genealogy, Abraham, Isaac. And now you got Jacob. So in part one, we talked about how Jacob wrestled with his brother. We talked about the, um, the meaning of his name. If you haven't listened to episode one or part one, just go back to part one of uh, Jacob's episode. So part two, we'll be talking about the birthright. Now, you may be thinking, like, what in the world is a birthright? Well, a birthright is a, a particular right of a possession or a privilege one has from birth, especially as an eldest child. Um, it's a natural or a moral right possessed by everyone. Education is the birthright of, of every every child. And the reason why we brought up the birthright, because we'll be talking about how Esau, the older brother, sold his birthright uh, to his brother Jacob. So in uh, Genesis chapter 25, verses uh, 27 through 24, and Annie, you already know, I'm going to ask you to read uh, 25 to, to 27 to 34. You can read that. Uh, for our listeners, please. All right. I'm in the Amplified version. So if you want to follow along and it reads like this, when the boys grew up, Esau was an able and skilled hunter, a man of the outdoors. But Jacob was a quiet and peaceful man living in tents. Now, Isaac loved, favored Esau because he enjoyed eating his game. But Rebecca loved and favored Jacob. Jacob was, <laughs> Jacob had cooked um, stew 
and it says red, red, reddish brown lentil stew one day when Esau came, came from the field and was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, please let me have a quick swallow of that red stuff there because I am exhausted and famished. For that reason, Esau was also called Edom, red. Jacob answered, first, sell me your birthright, the right of the firstborn. Esau said to him, I'm sorry. <laughs> Esau said, look, <laughs> I'm about to die <laughs> if I don't eat soon. <laughs> so what of so what use of this birthright to me? Jacob said, swear an oath to me that today you are selling it to me for this food. So he swore an oath to him and sold him his birthright. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and got up and went on went on his way. And this and this way, Esau scorned his birthright. Can I read this right quick? Yeah, go ahead. It says right here. I'm sorry. In later times, this was and this is the, the story with the birthright. It says in later times, this was the right of the firstborn to take over head of the family and to receive double share of the inheritance. And this is Deuteronomy 21, 17. The rewards given to Jacob appear to have been even greater. Genesis 27, 37. Furthermore, in Jewish tradition, it was reported that before the tabernacle was set up, sacrifices were offered by the firstborn of a family. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. So I, I know this this uh, episode is not about Esau, but man, wow! I can't wait till we start talking about Esau. But but we're gonna talk about Esau briefly. So I know in episode one, and we talked about how Esau was a hunter, and Jacob was a, a quiet man. He was humble, laid back. He was a homebody. Um, have you ever had a, a sibling, Adney, that was a homebody? He just I don't know how many siblings you had, Adney. I don't think. Did I ever ask you that? Okay, so on my mother's side, I have three siblings. On my father's side, I had seven. Okay, yeah, my mother had a total of eight kids, and some of you, I could tell, like there were some of, like I had a couple of brothers that would always be outdoors. Like that's all they do. They they would they they don't want to stay in the, in the home. Whereas some other set of siblings, like they don't mind staying home. They were like homebodies. So I guess that's the way I'm like trying to think of it. Like as you got Esau. The one that just love to be out, he's he's a hunter. You got just one that's a homebody. But that's the same one that's going to deceive his older brother. And I know in part, 
One, Adney, and I, I wanted you to hold your thought on that one. In part one, um, you was right. Esau can cook. Esau can cook. Um, but Jacob could cook too. <laughs> Jacob could cook too. So uh, even the passage that you just read, that Esau, we see this, we see this. Esau pretty much gave his birthright right, uh, based on his uh, appetite his physical appetite. But Jacob here uh, deceived his brother. And I know y'all probably thinking like, man, this is nothing. Like we're talking about birthrights here, really? But I don't think that Esau understood the significance of the birthright and how it correlates uh, with with God's promise dating back to uh, Abraham. But I know one may argue like, man, like, why would Jacob do something like that to his brother? Why would he uh, deceive his brother in, in such a, a, a scheme like this? And that's why, Adney, I, I, I always tell folks like, yeah, we're not going to promote and highlight these individual flaws, but this is what happened. But in the end, we're going to see God's grace and um, God's mercy move. Um, and in his life. And that's why Jacob names means to, to, to deceive or, or to supplant, um, supplanter, because Jacob was one of those type of dudes. And they always say, Adam, you just got to look, watch out for the quiet dudes. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but that's, that's what they say. What, what I, what I get from this is Jacob understood the rights of the firstborn. Jacob understood the power of the firstborn. Esau, because he's a man of the field, he never studied the history of the firstborn, right? So God told Abraham what he was going to do. So from Abraham, it had to have been passed down to Isaac. And from Isaac, it had to have been passed down to his sons, like what it was going to be. But it seems like one of them <laughs> listened to what it, what the rights of the firstborn was. And the other one was just worried about the physical stuff, not worried about the family stuff. As much as we want to look at Jacob and say, oh, he deceived his brother. He understood the importance of having that birthright. He understood if I get this birthright, I lead this family when my daddy dies. I get all the riches. I get the cattle. I get, you know, whatever it is that my father leaves behind. I get the blessings, right? Esau didn't understand that. If Esau understood the concept of the birthright for, for pottage, for some red lentils, bruh, you just hunted game. You could have went and cooked your own food and ate, but you didn't understand the importance of the birthright. So that, that's, what, that's what stuck out to me. That's why <laughs> Jacob, as much as people want to say that he's this and that, homeboy stay read, read up. He knows what the importance of it was. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, game recognized game. No, no, that's, that's good. That's good. But I want to talk about how um, Jacob deceived his, his dad. Because uh, in chapter 27, 
um, Isaac, well, um, yeah, Isaac is about to, you know, give his blessings. You know, you know how the fathers, they, they, they used to bless the children. Like, we're going to, I'm going to bless my child. So, but the mom had a lot to do with it too, Addy, when it, when it, cause you know, um, Rebecca, she loved her some, she loved her some Jacob. So we, man, I don't want to talk about the favoritism with these parents, but parents at times do show favoritism. The blessing was supposed to go to Esau. But apparently, Rebecca heard, overheard the conversation, and she told Isaac what he needed to do in order to receive the blessing. So, you know, Isaac, the dad is at an old age. He can't see. Number one, he blind, Adney. There's no, there's no uh, lens crafter. <laughs> there's no lens crafter, so he don't got no glasses. He don't got 20-20. So he's dim, he's old. Isaac wanted a meal. And um, that's all he wanted. But apparently, you know, the, the mother said, hey, this is what you need to do in order to get the blessing. So they go, a, a, de- a deception. They, they coming up with a game plan, a gameplay to deceive not only the dad, but, uh, but also take the blessing from the older brother. Your thoughts on that? Okay. So Rebecca remembered what God said to her when she was pregnant with them twins. God said, the older will serve the younger. If the younger gets the birthright, the, 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 the um, prophecy of God, she helped it come true <laughs> by telling her son, hey, this is what we're going to do. Right. Because Jacob had sense enough to say, but you're going to cause my daddy to curse me if he figures out I'm not Esau. And she was like, don't worry about that. And I really want to read it. It says Jacob's deception. And I, I don't like when they say it's Jacob's deception, because let's really think about it. He didn't concoct the plan to deceive the father. Can we call it Rebecca's deception? Can we call it what it truly is? She's the one that was listening in on a private conversation between a father and a son. She's the one that went to her favorite boy and say, yo, yo, daddy about to bless your older brother. And we need to step in and take that blessing. Was it, it wasn't Jacob's plan. It was his mom's plan. Like a lot of times people sit there and they blame Jacob. But let's 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 take it for what it truly is. That was all mom. I don't know, but anyways, I'm gonna read it. So, uh, so, uh, so Genesis 27. Well, can I say something on that, mm-hmm. Adney? So I know, yeah, yeah you yeah. you said it was mom, and I get what you're saying, but um, I think as people, we know what is right from wrong, and yeah, there there are some parents out there that will tell their child to do the wrong thing, even because I've I've known parents to do that, like they'll deceive their child to do something. And they'll get blamed for pushing their child to do something. So I get your point. But I, I don't know if uh, Jacob is at an age of maturity where he could decipher whether or not this is wrong. Um, like what I'm, what I'm about to do, what my parents is trying to tell me to do, this is wrong. Because I know at a certain age when there were grownups that used to tell me to do some things. And I'm talking about retrospect when I was young. Um, and I'd be like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. That ain't right. You know, so I don't know if he was of age to really, well, I mean, he could cook, so 
I don't know at what age. He could cook. I don't know at what age. But he was also a man. He was also a man that trusted his mother's guidance. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, at what point did he should have started utilizing free will to say, you know what, and be doing what's right. Like, mom, like, I hear you, but I can't do that to dad considering that he's vulnerable right now. Because you got to understand the state that his daddy is in, too. So I don't, I guess I'm trying to think. I mean, we know what happened. Mom, mom shouldn't have done that. Um, but But to your point, it was prophesized it was like hey this is what's going to happen but did it have to happen in that kind of way and that's what i'm i'm, I'm saying she just helped the prophecy along <laughs> <laughs> yeah like how it's kind of like the dad um the the great grand right abraham yeah. like god said he was gonna bless them but did sarah really had to try to like help god with ishmael and like or why are you, you know what I mean? Why are you putting your hands in the cookie jar? Why are you trying to mess with things? Yeah. But I know I just thought that that's interesting uh, what you just said, though. I'm not trying to get no parents license out there to tell their children to. In other words, if a child is listening to this, they got to utilize wisdom, too. Like, if it's wrong, like, mom, I love you. Dad, I love you, but that's wrong. But I ain't doing that. Yeah. I ain't doing that. Do- there was yeah. a brother in the church that told me that. He told me. Um, he told me um, at, at a point where he was knowledgeable in the word of God, he told me he used to rebuke his parents when they did things that wasn't godly. And I was like, wow. He said, yeah, Nick, we got to hold our parents accountable too. And I said, wow, that's profound. I said, I never heard somebody say that. He said, yeah, Nick. He said, that's what helped me in my, my walk when I was with God when I was young. He said, not saying that I was judging them. He said, but you know, when you go to church and you read your Bible and you read certain things, right is right and wrong is wrong. And he said, I used to rebuke my parents in love and tell them, no, that's wrong. You can't be gossiping about people like that. You can't tell me to do something um, that that's unethical or not godly. And you saying that you're a Christian. No, I'm not doing that. But no, that's a good point. Andy. Go ahead. I just thought I would just let all of that out. Genesis 27, it says, now when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim to see, he called his elder son Esau and said to him, my son. And Esau answered him, here I am. Isaac said, see here, I am old and I do not know when I may die. So now please take your gear, your quiver and your bow and go into the open country and hunt game for me and make me savory and delicious dish the kind I love and bring it to me to eat so that so that my soul may bless you as my firstborn son before I die. But Rebecca overheard what Isaac said to Esau, his son, and Esau had gone to the open country to hunt for game that he might bring back. Rebecca said to Jacob, her younger and favorite son, listen carefully. I heard your father saying to Esau, your brother. Bring me some game and make me a savory and delicious dish of meat so that I may eat it and declare my blessing on you in the presence of the Lord before my death. So now, my son, listen carefully to me and do exactly as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two good, suitable young goats and I will make them into a savory dish of meat for your father, the kind he loved to eat. 
then you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before his death. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, listen, Esau, my brother is, is a hairy man and I am smooth skin. <laughs> Suppose my father touches me and feels my skin. Then I will be seen by him as a cheat, imposter, and I will bring his curse on me and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, may your curse be on me, my son. Only listen and obey me and go bring me the young goats. So Jacob went and got to got the two young goats and brought them to his mother and his mother prepared a delicious dish of food with a delightful aroma, the kind his father loved to eat. Then Rebecca took her older son Esau's clothes, which were with her in, the, in her house and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the goat on his hands and on the smooth of his neck. Then she gave her son Jacob the delicious meat and and bread which she had prepared. So he went into his so he went to his father and said, "My father." And Isaac said, "Here I am. Who are you, my son?" Jacob said to his father, "I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done what you told me to do. Now please sit up and eat some of my game, so that so that you may bless me." And I'm gonna stop right there. So based on what you, you just read, what, what did you uh, glean from all of that? His mama is a schemer. <laughs> yeah. And he lied. He talking about he's his brother. <laughs> he did lie, but he did what his mama commanded him to do. Because she said, obey me and do what I command you to do. And as a as an obedient son, as an obedient daughter, you are going to listen to your mama. You are going to listen to your daddy. Yes, he did lie. But at the end of the day, the deception started with the started with the parents. She was listening Mm -hmm. in on a private conversation between a father and his son. And she interjected in their um, their bonding moment. And it's sad that you had to concoct this whole huge scheme because you had to put the goat's hair on your son's smooth skin and get your older son's clothes to put on him so he could smell like him. Like, that's too much work, man. And I think the thing that God needs us to understand, and this is what the Holy Spirit just dropped into my spirit. Deception is hard work. To deceive somebody, man, you got to put some serious thought and work that's and time true. That's and true. effort into it. That's, that's, that, look, if you, if you are listening to this and you are scheming and you are p- p- like doing whatever, stop, stop, because you're going to eventually get found out. And it's not the end, the outcome may be worse for you. Then the whole time you spent concocting up a plan to deceive somebody, whether male or female, stop. Yeah, and yeah, and deception hurts people. You know, yes. it's a it's a domino effect. You know, because once the truth is revealed, then folks going to get hurt by that. Because look what happened. Um, Isaac, um, Isaac uh, apparently 
um, got deceived by, like you said, um, Adney, his wife. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm saying wife. Uh, <laughs> but the wife deceived her husband and, and ultimately led to the child deceiving um, the dad. And he got the blessing. But look what happened with Esau when Esau found out. Esau wanted to kill his brother. So we got two brothers, two brothers at odds because of that deception. So uh, Jacob, it is says in um, uh, 2736, let me, let me read it. It says, um, Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob for he has cheated me these two times? He took away my birthright and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, have you not reserved the blessing for me? So, you know, Isaac gave it the blessing already to, to Jacob. And the, the, the mother prepared the, the meal for, for the husband. She knew exactly how the husband wanted it. She knew the flavor. <laughs> she gave the, the, the dish to the son and said, take it to your daddy, young man, and tell your daddy you your brother. And, and I'm hurt. I feel bad for the big brother because... He's like, man, like, how you going to do me like that? But and you're right, like, deception is something else, man. You got to plan it out. And people get hurt by that stuff. I like people don't consider other people's feelings when they try to deceive somebody. I, I, what the Lord just revealed to me is, is this. We parents, we need to stop putting our children against each other. I don't believe that's what God intended for us to do um, when he um, created us. I believe he created us to, yeah, we're going to have sibling rivalry. We're going to have those moments where we don't like each other. But when your parents have a hand in it, it's a completely different situation. Um, I'm, I'm looking, I feel, I'm being honest. I feel bad for Isaac of, of everyone because he, his eyes are dim. So he was taken advantage of, right? But I'm like, even with your eyes being dim, if you read up, you knew, you heard the voice. You, you heard that voice even before he said, no, nah, it's your son Esau. You knew that was Jacob. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> we're talking about Jacob, but for, for, for me with Jacob, I see his obedience. But like I said before, I honestly think he understood what the birthright meant and what that blessing means for him. Period. Like he had time to sit down and and I don't know, you know, if they were already writing stuff down and all that other stuff like Abraham left stuff and passed out. I don't know that. But I do know that the concept of the birthright is something that was established from 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 God to Abraham and Abraham passed it down to Isaac and from Isaac to, you know, to Jacob, because if, if we're reminded, Sarah said that that Egyptian woman's son is not going to, you know, get the blessings with her son, Isaac, send them away. And that's when, you know, <laughs> Abraham was like, man, and God said, Send, send them away. He's going to be all right. I'll take care of him. But this is where your focus needs to be. And this now you fast forward. Isaac has his own family. And now this is the situation that happens. Um, and I still do believe that he understood. 
I, I, I honestly believe that's why he went ahead with what his mom said, because he understood the concept of receiving that. That meant, look, did we read the blessing that Isaac read over, um, over, over, um, uh, Jacob? I have to read it. It says just like this. Hold on, please. I'm going to read at 26. It says, then his father, Isaac said to him, please come. Um, my son and kiss me. So he came and kissed him and Isaac smelled his clothing and blessed him and said, ah, the scent of my son Esau is like the aroma of field of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you of the dew of heaven to water your land and the fatness, the fertility of the earth and the abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord and master over your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and may those who bless you be blessed. If that's not a blessing, I understand why he was like, all right, mama, let's do this. And people got to understand that uh, this blessing, this father's blessing was, was just not like a, it was not like just a symbolic gesture. It established like um, the identity of heirs granting all privileges of that particular positions. You know, people got to understand that the father's blessing was a sense, um, was even seen as some way shaping um, um, one's future. So like you said, he's paving way, like just that blessing is paving way for what's about to um, happen in the foreseeing future. Um, and we're going to see that too. We're going to see that. So when we start to go through the scriptures and we start to read the, the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then people are going to finally understand Jacob as a whole versus Esau, the Edomites. But um, yeah, there's that's a... That blessing right there that uh, Jacob received, it's not just a little blessing. It's not no, my parents about to die. They're about to leave me an inheritance. They're about to leave me 100K, 200K life insurance policy. Uh, they're about to leave me their home, their property, their car. Nah, this is, this is, this blessing is going to go on for a long time until Christ return, until Christ come on earth. So, yeah, this is just not no little itty, itty bitty blessing, Annie. This is a, a real big thing. Amen. I'm reminded yeah. of my grandmother before she passed away. Um, the week before she died, I went to her apartment. She lived in an independent living apartment complex. And I bought my, um, my manicure and pedicure stuff. I sat her down. I did her pedicure first took me some time, massaged her feet and all this other stuff. And then I did her hands and then she cried. And as she cried, she said, I can't believe that you would come and sit and do this for me. And after I was done, she gave me a portrait of her. I still have it here. And then she spoke blessings over my life. And the week, a week later, my grandmother passed away. Mind you, I reconciled with my grandmother the year my father died, which was in 2012. And two years later, she blesses me and then she passes away. I don't take that for granted. Um, 
I take the wisdom that she poured into me. I take the genuine love that she poured into me. And I take the spiritual blessing that she prayed over my life. I believe that grandmothers, grandfathers have a spiritual blessing that they can pass on to their children. We sometimes only focus on the millions of dollars that are in the bank. But to me, those spiritual blessings mean more. Why? Because I can pass that down to my grandchildren, to my children when God says, okay, I'm ready to take you. If he, you know, if he doesn't take me like in my sleep, but I'm able to speak those blessings over my children. I did not understand how important it was until I read this. That when my grandmother spoke her spiritual blessing over my life, to me, that was just like God saying to her, she needs to hear this from you. She didn't have you in her life as much as she needed, but I need you to speak these blessings over her. And when she did that, it just did something for me. When she passed away, I didn't cry. I didn't do anything. I I, I literally celebrated. My grandmother was 100 years old. I celebrated and I thank God for allowing me to come back into her life and her doing this for me. So we as parents, we have to understand what legacy are we leaving behind for our children? Are we focusing more on the financial? Are we focusing more on that bank account? Or are we focusing on both the spiritual and the physical? Because if the physical is all that matters to you, you're missing the point. If the physical is all that you're focused on, you're missing the huge point. Because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And if you cannot speak spiritual blessings over the life of your children, telling your children from rip, you are the head and not the tail. You will be the lender and not the borrower. Like, what's the point of you leaving this legacy behind if you're not praying, you know, these blessings over their lives. So I'm grateful and thankful to read this whole list of blessings that Jacob read over, uh, I mean, Isaac read over Jacob's life because it also reminds me right now in this season of my life that God opened the heart of my grandmother to speak a blessing over me. Amen. Amen. No, that's uh that's well said. Um, and we, we need more of those grandmothers, Adney, and more of them granddaddies. Um, I, I, I don't know if they exist anymore. Those are the ones that used to speak blessings. And, and those were the ones that was like real. They close to God, too. Folks around that age, too, that, that, that really have a heart of serving God and, and talking about God. They the ones that them children love being around. They the ones that say, hey, come here. Let's read a Bible verse. Uh, let's read the Bible together. They'll grab the, grab the grandkids and say, let's read the Bible verse together. Yeah, we need more of them. We need more of them. But, Addy, I want to close with this. So now, as we, we talked about the deception, it messed it mess, uh, Esau up, man. So as a result, Esau wanted to kill his brother. So mommy didn't want to see, um, you know, Jacob get hurt. So uh, Jacob flees from Esau in order to go to his mom's uh, brother's home in Haran. So Jacob is going to, and the brother name is uh, Laban. So Jacob will be going to Laban's house um, because his mother don't want him to get killed. 
And that's what deception does. It messes up the whole entire family. Any closing remarks, Addy, before we go? I think I said everything I needed to say. Um, Parents, love your children enough to give them Jesus, the most important gift that you can give your child is a foundation in Christ, is to teach them a relationship with the Lord. Speak blessings over their lives and not curses. I'm I'm sick and tired of going to the store and hearing mothers cussing at their two-year-old children, five-year-old children. If your child is doing something, speak life into them and not death. Don't teach your children how to be deceptive. Teach them how to be honest, law-abiding citizens. You have that power. It is your God-given right and duty to raise your child as a upstanding citizen of this modern-day world. Give them something different than what your parents gave you. Give them a fighting chance. Amen. All right, world. So remember to share our episodes and continue to listen. We have some great content coming out in the foreseeing future. Uh, But remember that Jesus Christ, you got to put him first, put our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ first. And remember that he's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords and he's the Lord and Savior of our lives. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.